Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, everyone, and welcome back into the Moment of Cluth podcast. I hope everyone is safe out there and doing their best to stay sane as these stay-at-home orders are extended. This episode is another special edition. For those of you who have listened to my podcast before, you know it's usually more character-driven. But I have a background in news, so this topic appealed to me given everything going on right now. My guest today is Sean Moore. He is a Chicago native and the CEO and founder of TrueFace, a tech company that created facial recognition technology. So what does facial recognition technology have to do with the coronavirus, you might ask? Well, companies like Sean's are pitching the technology as a method for identifying individuals without the risk of close contact. So in this episode, He explains to me the future of facial recognition and how it may help stop the spread of the coronavirus. It's really interesting to watch the world change so quickly, and Sean's company is on the front line of that change, creating ways to help keep us safe with the same technology that unlocks our iPhones. So I hope you enjoy our conversation and you find it as interesting as I do. Joining me today on the Moment of Cluth podcast is Sean Moore, the CEO of TrueFace. Sean, thank you for coming on today. For our listeners, explain what your company does. TrueFace, uh, we're trying to teach cameras and machines to see like human beings uh, with a focus on facial recognition, object detection, and things like uh, scene analysis. What is facial recognition? So it's extracting the mathematical representation of your face and comparing it to another mathematical representation of a face to see if we can get a positive ID on that person. So when I think of facial recognition, I think of iPhones, uh, cameras at red lights, um, what they use at the airport. According to One Zero, a medium publication tracking tech and science, companies are now ditching fingerprint scanners to avoid spreading germs. And according to the New York Post, the NYPD is also halting fingerprint protocol at their headquarters. So how has your company adapted its technology in the face of this public health crisis? Well, I think this is a, a societal change that we're going to undergo. Um, things like contactless payment, contactless author authentication are going to become the normal now. And when you think about fingerprint scanning, I think it was introduced through an iPhone. Um, Jim, you know, Jim's use it now for 24 hour access, but you're continuing to put your, your germs on someone else's germs and the ability to contract something I think is a lot, a lot higher now uh, with the heightened fear of, of coronavirus. And so when we think about facial recognition, it's a way to authenticate someone or identify them without having to interact with a person or even an object. So you can walk up to a camera, be three feet away from it, and still get your access to, to a building, to a security line in an airport. And so when we take a look at kind of the, the new shape that the world is taking, I think for things like international travel, uh, being able to monitor temperature as you enter you know, the United States, and then being able to, to understand you know, if you are infected, who are the people around you that you potentially infected, 
So, you know, we're, we're taking a look at how can we apply facial recognition uh, to helping to reduce the spread of this type of virus. How are you able to track who you were, uh, who you have potentially infected? Well, it would just be the people around that individual. Um, so, you know, we, we would, we would want to take precautions and ultimately our client is the one who would be kind of correlating this information. But, you know, let's say I was standing behind you in an airport line and it came out that you were infected with coronavirus, you know, I, I would personally want to know that I was sitting next to someone that, that potentially was infected. And so, you know, the, the tiny identity that is, is one thing, but just having the, the option there to know that you know, within a, a radius of, of three feet or four feet, you've now got an exposure level that's 10 people versus just one individual that's infected. Do you believe that this uh, technology can help reduce the risk of cross-infection? I do, yes. I think, you know, especially at a place like a grocery store or where you're going to get your necessities, you know, if we can measure temperature uh, with camera sensors at the entry, then, you know, we can either turn those people away until they, they come back with a lower temperature, or if it's kind of in that middle range where we're unsure, we can alert everyone else that, or, or that person that you should not be around other people. Um, so I, I do think that this technology can at least help identify and then help provide some element of distancing. Now, when I think of facial recognition, like the example I gave earlier, I think of my iPhone, which doesn't unlock unless um, both of my eyes are open. Can you still use facial recognition with face masks on? Yeah, the, 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 the first um, piece of that equation is detecting if there is a face there. And when you're, you know, when you're covering half of your face, uh, that, that throws a, a wrench in there. And so we ran our technology on a, a group of people with face masks and we are able to detect that face and now we're working on the level of confidence for identification. So, you know, you are only capturing from what is like the nose up to the, the hairline. So it does reduce the, the confidence rates, but we can still get positive IDs on those individuals wearing masks. Speaking of masks, effective Friday, the city of Los Angeles ordered that everyone must wear a face mask when leaving the house to go to essential businesses. Can facial recognition be used in this case to, to determine if people are following local regulations? It can. Um, you know, it takes a lot of coordination there for, you know, kind of identifying that person. But I think to, to even step back here, you don't need to tie personal information with the actual identity. So you could just say, you know, person one, person two, person three, person four, person three is potentially infected. And so we don't have to tie in that, that personal information there. For us as a technology provider, we're just providing the, the identification piece. And then our client who, you know, if it was, let's say the grocery store in LA, if they wanted to tie in personal information, they could do that. But we're, our job is just to identify the individual, the unique individual. Do you think uh, local governments would be taking it a step too far to use facial recognition to say track if people are leaving their house during quarantines or not wearing face masks in grocery stores? I do. Um, I think that gets into a little bit of what we've seen over in China. Uh, and you know that, that is a little scarier to me because that opens the doors for mass surveillance and mass monitoring, which we do not want. Mm -hmm. uh, our goal and our effort in this, in this environment is, can we help reduce the spread of this, of this virus? And, you know, I think there are ways to do that appropriately. And then there is surveillance. Um, you know, I, th I think we've, we've seen articles about how some local law enforcement agencies are putting drones in the sky to, to you know, understand how many people are actually in the streets at night. And, and to me, that, that, that it's a slippery slope. Um, you know, that, that is a surveillance state when you get to that level. But what's the cost of not doing that? is a global pandemic, you know, the, the outcome if we do not do that. And, and I think there are other measures we could take like the social distancing that we've been doing, 
and you know people just taking it upon themselves to stay inside or limit their interaction with others so you know my, my hope here is that in six months when people are traveling or they're going into hotels they feel a level of comfort knowing that their precautions have been you know, been taken you know there's temperature measurements there and then we're identifying people that shouldn't be there uh, another use case that, that we've been talking to people about is even through this this um, kind of stay in place order, the DoD manufacturing has to stay open, and so you've got you know private companies who have manufacturing facilities that do Department of Defense work, but they have to stay open. And being able to measure the the temperature of those employees as they enter and then turn the ones away that measure high, I think is critical to keeping those places open and to keeping you know our Department of Defense on the cutting edge of what they need to be on. It seems like until we really have that vaccine, the only way to keep people safe is to um, monitor temperatures and test. Um, what's left to be done to expedite the process of using facial recognition for the betterment of our society in the coming weeks? It's the integration of the two. So you have these thermal cameras right now that work, these thermal sensors, and you have companies like ours who, who run facial recognition. And it's really finding a way to properly pair the two technologies. And that's what we've been doing. So we've been testing uh, a few different solutions with different camera providers and sensor providers just to make sure that we're not providing, you know, a high degree of false positives or even false negatives for that matter. You know, we need to make sure that if we are putting this technology out there, it works in the exact way that we say it does. So we have to be careful um, as with the companies testing new drugs and new vaccines. You know, if you put something out there that's too much, too premature, or too early, you're, you're putting the public at more of a risk. And so, you know, we're just, we're taking the, the appropriate amount of time to make sure the technology integration works the way that, that we want it to work. Are you, are you able to tell me uh, what companies you're working with using this technology? Not at this stage. Um, once once we pick the provider that we're going to work with, I'd be happy to share that. Um, and we will share it on, you know, all over the place. But uh, at this stage, we're still doing our evaluation. How far out are we from using facial recognition to help determine if somebody has come in contact with coronavirus or is running a high temperature? It's about six to eight weeks. Um, wow. So it's, it's happening quick. And the camera providers are pushing their technology right now um, independently. We're, you know, we're also selling our technology independently. And so it's not a matter of does it work, it's does it work together. And mm -hmm. that's the, the hurdle right now in, in finding the, the proper partner for us. So I would say and we'll, we'll do another two to three weeks of testing and then we'll do some, some actual product in live environments. And then if everything goes well, um, you know, we'll try to start pushing out in six weeks. Just as a kind of closing remark, how, what kind of impact do you think this could really have on the public's health and safety? I mean, it's showing right now across the world that it, it's a pretty significant virus. Um, and, you know, my concern here is that this happened now. We were ill prepared for it. Um, you know, even if we are prepared for it, but this virus mutates or a new virus comes along next year, you know, are we able to, to stop the spread um, quickly? And, and I think that we have to be thinking long term here. And, and my assumption is that, you know, LA placed those orders, the rest of the US may place orders to wear masks, and it's not going to stop. I, I don't know when people are going to be comfortable traveling again, uh, or staying at hotels or, you know, being at a concert together. Mm -hmm. So we're preparing for, for that kind of level of, of lockdown. Um, and I think it's, it's important for society to realize that we'll, we'll never be the same. Um, you know, you're, you're going to think about shaking someone's hand now, you will think about giving someone a hug that you don't know. And so I, I think it's, you know, understanding the, the fear that's going to drive this behavior for the next six months. And then how can technology help to bring us back to what is that normal or the new normal? 
you know, and I think contactless payment, you know, I think mobile payments, I think online proctoring, online classes, online podcasts, yeah. you know, that there, there are ways for us to at least kind of change that new normal and, and we'll see a lot more of that. Thank you, Sean. This is really interesting stuff. Um, thanks for coming on today and I hope you stay safe. Yeah. Thank you, Megan. Thanks for listening to the Moment of Cluth podcast. I'm Meng Cluth. For more episodes, please subscribe and share this episode with others. Visit mengcluth.com to get in touch and stay tuned for more great interviews. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.